Let's uh, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity together to study your word. And God, what a, a precious gift your word is. It reveals you to us. It reveals the way of salvation. It reveals what you would have us do. And uh, God, I just pray that you would cause us to be diligent, to uh, be students of your word, to have a, a deeper understanding of your mind, of your will, um, Lord, and it would uh, cause us to have a an increased love for you, um, and Lord, it would cause us to walk in your footsteps as we should. And God, we just we just pray that by your Spirit, um, you would empower your Word to change our lives, to sanctify us, um, and Lord, just that you would be glorified in your church. We pray in Christ's name, Amen. All right, so we're uh, beginning our study on how to study the Bible. So um, a lot of today's lesson is going to be introductory. Um, and basically, we're going to be talking about why it's important. Um, why should we um, be studying the Bible? Why should we attempt to get better at studying the Bible? Um so to start with, I mean, our goal of this is going to be to increase our ability to interpret the Bible uh, correctly and to teach others what the Bible says. Um, so hopefully that's what we'll accomplish as we go through this study over the next several weeks. Um, and it's not just going to be theory. Um, for those of you who've uh, been in my Sunday school classes before, I mean, there's you know a lot of me talking, uh, also asking questions, but... Um, we're gonna we're gonna try to do a little bit of uh, giving you guys these exercises um, at certain points through the uh, through the the studies we're gonna be doing, so that uh, we can talk about different principles of interpretation, and then you guys can just have some time to just like look at a text and try to apply that. Um, so that'll be a little different than what we've been doing, but hopefully that will be helpful. You guys can attempt to put it into practice and uh, see if you really understand what it is we're talking about. So, next thing I want to do is um, definition. So, I'm going to throw this out for for you guys, and I know we're, we're a little more spread out than we than we used to be. So, um, and I'm a little hard of hearing, so I'm. Just please speak up so that I can I can catch it if you um, are offering an answer here. But um, when we talk about interpretation, um, how would we define that? What is what, I mean? We, we use that word, you know. It's like oh, we interpret the Bible, but what does it mean? What does interpretation mean? Any any thoughts? Trying to figure out what interpretation means. Okay. Yeah. That's. It's basically exactly right. Um, we are trying to come to an understanding of what it means. Um, whether we're, if we're interpreting the Bible, we're trying to figure out what the text means. If um, we're talking to a person, we're interpreting them. We're trying to understand what the person means by what they say. Um, now, this may seem ridiculously basic, um, but I've I've talked to people who struggled with this before. 
Um, and so even if you don't struggle with it, um, I think it's good to think about it and be prepared uh, to talk to somebody if they do struggle with it. So sometimes I hear people um, speak of interpretation as if it's something you only do when the meaning of something isn't obvious. Uh, I've even had people say to me something on the lines of, uh, I don't have to interpret the Bible, I just read it. Or, well, that's your problem, you're interpreting the Bible rather than accepting what it plainly says. I don't know if you, any of you have ever encountered that, um, but it's certainly um, something that I have encountered, so I know it's a, it's an attitude that's out there. And we really need to understand that that's, that's not really a proper understanding of what it means to interpret. That's not what interpretation means. Um, it's, it's vital to understand that we are in a near constant state of interpreting. Everything that comes in through our five senses must be interpreted. Um, often we do it unconsciously without even thinking about it. Uh, but sometimes this unconscious interpretation is not capable of providing us uh, with an appropriate meaning. And so we have to spend time thinking about it. It's like, well, what does that mean? Um, or we may even come to an incorrect conclusion. Um, just a basic example, uh, we hear a sound that we interpret as a neighbor dragging a heavy object a short distance on their driveway. But then, repetition of the sound tells us that it's a roll of thunder. That's something you guys have ever experienced. I have, and when I hear something, it's like, oh, is my neighbor moving something? And it's like, oh, no, that's thunder. Must be a storm coming. So, um, so even if we're not thinking in terms of interpreting the sound, uh, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, it's most of the time it's just automatic. We don't think about I'm interpreting this, uh, but but we do, um, and it's certainly the the same for language as well. Uh, one of my favorite examples, uh, literary examples, is from Tolkien's The Hobbit, uh, in which Bilbo greets Gandalf with the simple phrase "Good morning." For those of you who read it, I'm sure that's a familiar passage. Um, leads to a discussion of exactly what he means by "Good morning." Um, and ends by Bilbo saying good morning again, but having shifted his meaning to a polite way of exiting a conversation that he doesn't want to continue. Um, and so that's, I mean, it's just a great example of like just something so simple as saying good morning, but you have to interpret it. You can't just say, oh, well, it just, it just means what it means. I don't have to interpret it. Everything has to be interpreted. Um, so my, my point here is that um, neither reading something into a statement uh, nor something you only have to do, or the interpretation is neither reading something into a statement nor is it something you only have to do when a statement is complicated. Everything has to be interpreted, and the Bible is no exception. Now, since we have to interpret the Bible, the question becomes whether we interpret it correctly or not. Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen, probably a pretty well-known passage. Um, Paul tells Timothy, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth." So, questions then: um, What does Paul mean? when he tells Timothy to rightly handle the word of truth. What is what are you telling him to do? Paul 
proper methods of interpretation. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's he's basically saying interpret the Bible accurately, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, rightly handle the Word of God. Interpret it accurately. Um, it's not something that's automatic. Um, it's something that you know you have to tell somebody to do. Interpret it accurately. Um, and if you guys have the text open, um, how is someone who rightly handles the word of truth described? Second Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So how is somebody who rightly handles the word of truth described? A worker with no need to be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're approved, right? Yes. They're approved. Um, they don't need to be ashamed. Um, and is this going to take effort on Timothy's part? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, he has to do his best. He has to be diligent, um, other translations have. So it's like he's got to work hard at this. Um, and yeah, if... Um, if he doesn't do it, what's going to happen? I mean, it's, it's kind of in the answer that Mark gave. What will happen if he doesn't accurately handle the word of truth? Yeah, he at least should be ashamed, right? If he, if he doesn't handle it accurately, he should be ashamed. Um, and that's actually one of the things that that anytime I get the opportunity when I'm teaching and I get to this passage, um, I always like to bring up because it's it's one of the things that shocks me the most in what I've seen from teachers of the Word of God just in my entire time as a Christian. How many times I've encountered uh, a uh, somebody who is teaching something, and you know, sometimes I'm sure I irritate people, and I'll you know go up to them after they're after they're done teaching, and I'll. I'll say, I'm not sure you got that right. Um, and, you know, many times people have a very godly response and they, you know, talk to me about it and they're, like, concerned about having it right. But I have, on multiple occasions, talked to somebody where they kind of just blow me off, like, uh, okay, yeah, may- maybe I got it wrong. It's no big deal. You know, and it's like, you know, um, if you got it wrong, you really should be ashamed. Um, and, I mean... Teaching the Word of God to a group of people is not um, is not a uh, a popularity contest. It's not a um, I'm trying to look good in front of people. Your your job, if you're teaching the Word of God to somebody, is to accurately communicate the Word of God to them. So even if you teach something wrong, um, and then you you find out that you've got it wrong. It shouldn't matter that, like, oh, well, I'll look stupid if I go back and tell people, no, I got that wrong. The important thing is that they get the truth. And so you need to be humble enough to say, no, I got that wrong. And you ought to be ashamed for, you know, any time you've taught something wrong. I know I've, I have taught things in the past and then later come to a, a deeper understanding, and I'm just like, I'm ashamed of some of the things that I've taught. Um, because I realized it's like I got them wrong, um, and I it just it really bothers me when I see people who don't seem to think that there is 
any reason to be ashamed if you incorrectly teach something, if you do not handle the Word of God accurately. Uh, Paul clearly believes that um, if you don't handle the Word of God accurately, then you should be ashamed. And so we should be diligent. We should do our best to handle the Word of God rightly. And then we will have no need to be ashamed. So, let's talk about some reasons that the Bible gives um, for um, why we ought to study the Bible. Um, Again, another really familiar passage, I'm sure, to a lot of people uh, is Deuteronomy 6. Uh, We're going to look at verses 4 through 9 in Deuteronomy 6. Um, It begins, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So, backing up to verse 5, what's the command? What's what's being commanded of the people of Israel here? I'm sorry. Hear about the nature of God. Okay. Yeah, verse 4, it presents the nature of God. And then there's a command that follows it up in verse 5. To love the Lord for God. Yeah, to love God, right? And it, you know, it goes through the, the whole thing of, you know, with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. Um, but we're to love God. Um, can we do this if we're ignorant of who God is? No. No. So it's absolutely vital that we be studying the Word of God to know who God is and to be able to love him as we're commanded to do. Uh, Look at verse 6. Where is God's word to be kept? Be on your heart. Yeah, Yeah, be on your heart. You you can have to study if you're going to have the word of God on your heart. Um, But it doesn't doesn't stop there. Um, It isn't enough for you to simply take the words in yourself. Uh, you are to teach them to your children as well. Uh, what is to be our attitude in teaching them to our children? He goes on and he explains it like in detail. What should be our attitude in teaching our children the Word of God? During all activity at all times. I mean, he lists many things, but the general idea and sense is in all your activities and everything you do, you should be teaching. That's exactly right. It's just it's just exhaustive. You're going to do it diligently. It's to be just part of every aspect of your life, that you're teaching um, your children uh, the Word of God. So can you faithfully fulfill this instruction if you do not study the Word of God? No. If you say, well... I read the Bible once in a while, and I go to church and listen to sermons, but I don't ever study the Bible. Do you think you're doing what Deuteronomy 6 tells you to do? Probably not. 
Um, and I know, like, it's really easy to fall into that, but it's um, it's just so vitally important for the Christian um, to really study the Word of God, to have it on their heart, to to understand it, to be able to love God as he truly is to be able to teach others and it's like well i don't have children it's like well undoubtedly there's somebody in your life that you're going to be interacting with that you're going to have the opportunity to share the word of god with Uh, and you just have to know it you have to know it in detail Um, sometimes people have questions and you you need to have some level of ability to um to try to help people understand the word of god and you can only do that if you've studied and have an understanding of it yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you have to have like an exhaustive knowledge. You have to be a PhD in New Testament studies or anything like that. Um, but we definitely need to avoid the extreme of, well, I just I know the basics and then I just kind of get on with my life. Um, not everybody is going to be able to get to a super, super high level in their understanding of the Word of God. But all of us ought to be making it a regular part of our life that we are studying and trying to get as deep as we can. And hopefully this study will help and give you some tools um, to, uh, to push that a little farther. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How easy it is for the cares of this life to crowd out our meditation on the Word of God. You know, I experience this every day. I can I can complete my daily reading and even delight in the truths presented there, uh, but then the duties of life, and the pleasures of hobbies, and just various things all push it out of my conscious thought. Uh, the result is that it's much more difficult to obey God's law. Uh, God wants us to think deeply about his law. Uh, he wants us to contemplate it day and night, to grasp it so fully that the path of righteousness is obvious to us. And if we're not meditating on it, then a lot of times we encounter situations in our life where it's it's just hard to see what is the way we should walk. Um, but if, if the scripture is something we're constantly thinking about, constantly trying to get a deeper understanding of, then the moral questions we face become a lot clearer. Psalm 119, um, if you're familiar with that, it's, it's, a, it's an entire psalm praising the word of God. Uh, verses 9 through 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So how has the psalmist prepared himself against temptation? Yeah, yeah. He's got it stored up in his heart. Um, that's, I mean, that's really 
That's such a great benefit of studying the Word of God. You just have it hidden in your heart, and it is a defense against uh, the temptations that we face. Uh, Romans 12, 2 uh, says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, here in Romans 12, what does Paul tell us to avoid? Yeah, being conformed to the world. It's so easy to be conformed to the world. Um, so instead, um, we are to be transformed. How are we to be transformed? Yeah. The language he uses here is renewing our minds. Um, but yeah, the only way that this can happen uh, is if our thinking is directed by Scripture. Um, I know I was listening to R.C. Sproul and he was making the observation that like, even though um, there's many people who have a certain respect for the Word of God, um, it's very clear that it's a much smaller number of people who have uh, their their thinking, their their attitudes, their their morals, just their, their values, their their view of life shaped by Scripture. Um, and that's what should be the case of Christians: is that our thinking should be shaped by Scripture, not by the the culture around us, um, which is, I mean, so easy to happen, and it is. Um, and especially for the non-Christian, that is just the way that people think. They think the way that the culture around them has has caused them to think. Um, but we really need to have our thinking directed by Scripture, um, and we can only do that if we are truly reading the Word of God and trying to to put the full meaning of it into our minds. Um, so. According to Paul here in Romans 12, what's what will be the result if our minds are renewed through the scriptures? What does he say? What what does what does Paul say will be the result if our minds are renewed? Well, we will be transformed. Yeah, we're going to be able to discern the will of God. I mean, that's often a question, right? It's like, how do I know the will of God for my life? Well, if your mind is being transformed by the scripture, you're going to know what the will of God is. It's, it's going to inform you. I mean, it's, you know, so many of these passages are basically saying the same thing in different words, but it's, it's really true. Um, the, the studying the Word of God is going to help us to understand what it is that God wants us to do. Um, again, Psalm 119 expresses this idea in another place. Psalm 119, 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the idea there is that you know, there's, there's darkness before us. We, we don't know where we're going. But if we have the Word of God, it's going to light our way. It's going to make it so that we um, have you know, light on the choices that we make. 
Jesus, as he prayed for those who believe in him, said uh, in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So our sanctification comes through the word of God. Um, that's what Jesus was praying for those who believe in him, that they would be sanctified. And it's through the word of God that we are sanctified. Um, and Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. And so there are growing in our salvation is 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 something that we gain through the spiritual, the pure spiritual milk of the Word of God. And so Peter is saying, long for that. Long for it like a newborn baby longs for milk. That should be our attitude towards Scripture. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So what are we to do with the Word of Christ? Paul said. Let the word of Christ dwell in you and, and describes different ways to approach that. Like, I mean, just uh, sorry. Uh, dwelling in you, teaching you, and mocking one another, singing something. But you have to let it dwell in you. Or if it's dwell in you, you have to take it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, as you're already pointing out there, what is is it? Does it just benefit ourselves? No, it is to uh, help uh, edify the believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there, I mean, there's there's another reason to be studying scriptures, is that it enables us to uh, to edify one another, to to teach and admonish one another in wisdom. Um, the only way we can do that is if we're studying the scripture so that we have that, uh, the word of God in our minds and in our hearts, and we can share it with other people. Second um, Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 17, um, again, this is a very well-known passage, and probably the... The, the big passage when we talk about scripture. Um, starting in verse 14, Paul says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, Timothy had the privilege of being taught the scripture when he was a child. Um, What does Paul say that the scriptures are able to do? Verse 15 there. Make you wise for salvation. Make you wise for salvation. That's 
That's where the message of salvation is. It's in the scripture. That's that's where we find the gospel. Um, if we study the scripture, we're going to have a greater grasp on the way of salvation, on, on the, the truths of the gospel. Um, so what are the scriptures profitable for? I'm sorry, I couldn't, couldn't make that out. Yeah, able to equip us for every good work. That's the, the short way. I was like, you know, Paul, obviously, he goes through this whole thing. You know, they're profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. But yeah, the end result is you're equipped for every good work. Um, so do we see personal sanctification in this passage? Yeah. Do we see benefits of the scriptures spread out to others in this passage? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're teaching, if you're approving, if you're correcting, I mean, that, you know, these are these are things that you know you're you're applying the word of God to other people. Um, will these things be realized if we don't study the Word of God? I mean, maybe just a little, but you know, we might soak in enough of it just going to church and, and reading the Bible that we get a little bit of that. But to really um, do all that Scripture enables us to do, we're going to have to study it. We're going to have to dig in deep and try to come to a better understanding. I don't know, I almost feel weird going through all this because it's like, well, don't you guys all already know and agree with me? I got, I'm sitting here proving it to you, but still, it's a it's a good exercise. Um, and even if you already agreed with everything I'm saying, then hopefully at the very least you're you're getting a, a better arsenal of like passages that are helpful. That way if you do encounter somebody who says, oh, I don't need to study, then... Um, um, you know, you'll you'll have a, a more ready answer. But people do make objections. So I mean, there's plenty of scriptures that that provide us good reasons for um, for studying the scripture. But people do raise objections. Say you should study the Bible. Um, and you know, I've I've encountered several as I've talked to people. Um, one of them, um, for somebody say, oh, I, I already have a sufficient understanding. Um, I remember one time I had somebody say, oh, well, I, you know, I grew up in church and I went to Sunday school, so I think I've pretty well got it all down. Um, how would you respond to that type of statement if, you're, if you tell somebody that they ought to study the Bible and they're like, I, I already have a sufficient understanding. I don't really, I don't really need to dig in any deeper than I already have. My, my response to him that someone who said that usually then how can you and usually along with that as well I'm in church every week I'm listening to my pastor but well, how, how can you hear told to uh, judgment of teachings against the word of God mm-hmm. and how can you judge that you're being taught and being true to the word of God unless you're Looking it up, comparing mm-hmm. it, and know what that word of God yeah. specifically says. Yeah, that is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Yeah, if, um, I mean that's something that uh, I want to talk more about in uh, a little later. But 
uh, it's certainly the case that like if people are teaching you, you really ought to be checking out what they're saying. You ought to make sure because people teach things that are wrong. I mean, like I said, I've taught things that are wrong. Hopefully, I'm not doing that now. Uh, you know, by God's grace, but you, you never know. So everybody ought to be like looking in the scripture and seeing oh, is is what Chris saying is that right? Um, and uh, and you, you should do that with any teacher. And you can't do that if you're like, oh, well, I've got it all down. Uh, you've got to keep studying. So, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, another thing is, is like just in so many of the passages we looked at, it talked about, you know, basically putting the word of God in your heart, treasuring it there. Um, if you say, well, I've already got it down, that's, that's not the attitude of of storing up the word of God in your heart and meditating on it day and night. Um, and that's what we're commanded to do, not just get the basics down and then call it good. Um, another objection you find is somebody will say, oh, well, you know, I'm more interested in loving people and living a holy life than filling my head with useless knowledge. Uh, that's, you know, something that certainly, I guess I've certainly encountered a lot Um even, you know, well-known teachers have said things along those lines. And how would we respond to that type of, uh, that type of objection? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It's, it's uh, I mean, it's all there. It's like, and, and it's just, it is amazing. It's like how many of the passages we looked at tie uh, our holy living our loving of others to our knowledge of Scripture and the, the Scripture doing this through us. Um, you you have to study the Bible if you're gonna truly love people. If you're gonna truly live a life of holiness, you have to do it. Um, Chris, yes, I think it's interesting. You, you almost want to say to that person, "Did you hear what you just said?" That you know God's word is is useless information. You know that, that what God has revealed to us is not really that important. I mean, right. you would say that to their face, but you know maybe in a kind way you could sort of direct them to help them to understand. You know that that they're probably not thinking about what they're saying because they would be horrified if yeah. they really thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, I know something that I did say to somebody one time is like, well, if you're right, then this book could be a lot thinner. You know, if we just don't need all this stuff, this this book could be a lot thinner. Um, but God gave us this, um, and it's all valuable information. I mean, some of it's you know a, a little more difficult. Some of it's a little harder to figure out how to apply it to your life. But all of it is is just very valuable information. Um, and so, I mean, sure, people can uh, attempt to do theology in a way where they're just doing all sorts of weird speculative stuff, and they're not really following the Bible. And yeah, that's not that's not helpful. But um, if we're if we're actually like doing good biblical theology, then it all ought to be grounded in the Word of God, and it's not useless information. Um, it's it's stuff that God has, um, in his wisdom, provided for his people to cause them to grow. So it's very valuable. Another objection. Um, it isn't relevant. I mean, it doesn't say anything about social media. Uh, it doesn't say anything about recreational drugs. It doesn't say anything about COVID-19. It doesn't 
tell me what job I should take. Um, I just, you know, it's it's all these stories about stuff that happened a really long time ago, but it, I just don't see how it applies to my life. How would we respond to that objection? I just say second place. Yes. Like good necessary consequences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there are principles in scripture. I mean, it's knowing knowing how to apply biblical principles to our lives can be difficult. I mean, there's 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 a there's a grain of truth hidden under this objection. It's like if you if you read about you know the 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 purity laws in the Old Testament, you know, and like skin infections and stuff like that, you might say it's like how does this actually apply to my life? And it can be difficult. Um, but a deeper, uh, a, the deeper our understanding of the Bible, the more success we're going to have at seeing how to apply it. That's one of the reasons why it's really important to be able to study the Bible is because on a cursory glance, there is a lot of it that does look irrelevant. Uh, it's like, I just don't understand how this applies. But the more you're able to study the Word of God and understand what's going on in the passages you're reading, understand, I mean, to a large degree, understand the way that those things applied in the historical setting that they were in, then you can say, okay, here's the principle that's 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 being applied here. And so I can take that principle and move it to my own day and see how to apply it that way. Um, so um, it is definitely not uh, irrelevant. The Bible is very relevant. Um, and, you know, and some of it is just really relevant on the face of it if you're thinking about the right questions. I mean, when you, when you think about just the question of, I mean, to get most basic, um, we're rebel sinners against God and are justly deserving of his wrath and judgment's coming and we need a way to escape the wrath of God. I mean, that's a that's a very relevant question. You don't have to do any kind of, like, looking at, at history and changes in society. That's just a basic truth of humanity that never changes. And the Bible has a very relevant answer to that question. Ben? And you, you kind of said this already, but what did it was the, the interpretation of one meaning, right? Mm-hmm. But there's, I think, in the divine, what's this divine set thing? It's reverse application. Mm-hmm. And so an answer also to, like, so many of these objections, um, it's not relevant, or I've already got it down. It's like, we may have the general idea of story, but... Are you, the more you understand the scriptures, the better you're going to be able to apply that to your life in all these different areas where it comes up where it's not so obvious mm-hmm. how it applies. Yeah. yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, another objection, um, I don't know if you've heard this before, I know I certainly have. The Bible can be made to mean anything you want it to. Um, this is more from a from an unbelieving perspective, you know. It's like, eh, you know, you can you can make the Bible mean anything you want it to. You know, why 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 study it? You can make it mean this. You can make it mean that. How would we how would we respond to that? 
interesting um, passage of scripture. Um, kind of been alluded to already. We talked about checking your teachers. Um, Acts 17, verses 10 through 12. Um, it says the the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Uh, Many of them therefore believed, uh, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. So, if the Bible can be made to mean anything you want it to mean, what do we do with this? I'm sorry. We use it because what we're taught. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Bereans did, and they're, and, you know, Scripture here says they were more noble because they were doing this. Um, they're testing what the teacher says against the Word of God. If you can make the Word of God say anything you want to, that would be a fruitless endeavor. It's like, okay, yeah, Paul says this, and I can look at it and have it mean this. I guess we just have different different interpretations, different different approaches. Saying like, no, they they actually thought, hey, we can actually study this and come to the correct conclusion and see if what Paul is saying matches the correct conclusion. Because there really is only one correct conclusion. There's only one meaning of, of what a text says. Um, so it's... Um, people can claim that the Bible says anything that they want to. Uh, but if you learn how to study the Bible, you will see that the Bible is not a wax nose and that if anyone applies proper principles of interpretation... Uh, they will come to nearly identical conclusions on the meaning of passages. I mean, if, you, if you're if you familiar at all with, like, reading people's interpretations of Scripture, looking at commentaries or study Bibles or something like that, you can see that, like, just vast numbers of people that, you know, that apply proper biblical interpretation, they come to a passage and this commentator says that's what it means, the next commentator says the exact same thing. The next commentator says the exact same thing. I mean, yes, there's going to be areas that are more difficult, and there's going to be differences. But like with the vast majority of Scripture, they're going to read it, and they're going to say, yeah, that's what it means. Um, and it's only the people who um, have a very poor approach to studying the Bible that are going to come up with all these different wild meanings. Um and sure, there's all sorts of false teachers out there who, I mean, if, especially if you guys have ever interacted with any cult members or studied, uh, you know, the different cults, they can come up with some of the most bizarre ideas about what a text of scripture says. Um, but, like, once you learn how to study the Bible and you encounter their interpretation of a passage, then you, you look at it and you're like, how in the world did you come up with that, that conclusion? Um, you know, and the answer is, is they weren't actually studying the Bible using good principles of interpretation. There's something else going on there that caused them to come to the conclusion they did. 
Um, hey, Chris. Yeah. So, if interpretation is, you know, trying to get to the meaning, mm -hmm. the reality is there there is a meaning there. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you you've seen these cartoons where it's like he said, she heard type thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I do think that there can be that kind of thing that happens. But if she heard this and she imposes that meaning. She's imposing that upon what he said. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's what people do with God's word. There is a meaning there. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that other people can't ignore that meaning right. and not seek to get to that. But they, what they're really doing is, is imposing their own meaning upon mm -hmm. the text, which yeah. is a different thing. Yeah, absolutely. Than interpreting. Them, yeah. So. Yeah, that's that is absolutely true. That's that is what they're doing. They're they're putting their own meaning on it. Um, and I mean. If you study the Bible, you will find it's like it has a meaning, and it's uh, for the most part a discoverable meaning. Again, I you know I want to put that caveat in there because there are passages that are very difficult, um, but for the most part, Scripture is accessible to us, uh, where we can come to the the uh, um, the proper conclusion. Um, another objection um, is well, the Bible's. It's confusing, or oh, the Bible's just over my head. It's just, it's just, I'm just not scholarly. It's just too much for me. I'm not a studier. You know, that's just not for me. Um, other people they study the Bible. I just read it, but it's just, it's just over my head. How would we answer that objection? And that's something that's much more common, you know, among Christians. So, Ben. The Bible does acknowledge actually that there are parts that are difficult to understand, and I think it's. You can say to that person, first of all, what we celebrate that overall you can read the Bible and, and write the correct meaning. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to do that alone. Right. That's why we have things like Sunday school. Mm -hmm. You're this right now. We have, there are teachers that you can go out and listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in fact, we're not supposed to just do it according to the scriptures. We're supposed to. Uh, getting as, as Mark was saying with the Colossians earlier, teach and admonishment that we're supposed to do it as a church for mm -hmm. God. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, and we're and we're going to be talking about a lot of those things as we go through this study. And yeah, one of the big things is is that that you, you're not just like you and the Bible trying to figure it out on your own. There are, you know, God has helped many people throughout the centuries to understand things from the Word of God. And those are recorded for us where we have access to them. And even many people in this congregation, God has helped them to understand things and through our interaction or discussion with each other um, we can we can come to a better understanding so there's all sorts of helps um, that exist um, and yeah this Sunday school lesson is it's intended to be a help in that direction um, and you mentioned the the, uh, the passage in second Peter there where uh, where Peter says that some things are difficult to understand I specifically want to talk about that because it kind of gives both sides here um, so second Peter, Chapter 3, um, starting in verse 15, just to get the context there, uh, where he says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. 
You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So it's true that some things in the Bible uh, are hard to understand. Stated right there in the Bible. Uh, But that isn't really an objection. Uh, If you're having trouble understanding, um, it's an indication you need to be taught how to study. Um, How else will you be able to take care that you are not carried away with error? I mean, that's the exhortation. Um, He says, well, take care. There's, There's these people that are um, they're taking these things that are hard to understand in Scripture and they're distorting them. Um, and it certainly sounds like, you know, there's some some deliberate intent there. I mean, there's also ignorance. It's like they don't really know what they're doing when they're trying to study the Bible. But they're they're ignorant and they're unstable and they're twisting things. They're they're misinterpreting the Scripture. And they're, there's a danger that people could be led astray by these false teachers. And so Peter is saying, um, okay, you know this beforehand. You know this happens. So take care that you're not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your instability. The only way you can do that is if you study the Bible. If you uh, have the attitude, it's like, well, I really just, you know, just, just do a basic read of the Bible and then I just sit there and basically just... Um, accept whatever I get told it means from the pastor, um, then you're just setting yourself up um, to be led astray by false teachers. Now, I mean, maybe you just happen to have a really solid teacher and you're not led astray. But if you're not studying the Bible, you have no way to know that. Um, and, I mean, I really just don't think... Um, that it's an excuse to say, oh, well, the Bible's just too hard, it's just over my head. Um, again, granted, not everybody is going to wind up, you know, writing doctoral dissertations on passages of Scripture. Um, that's not what we're talking about. But everybody has a responsibility to, um, to seek to have as deep of an understanding as they can and I really don't think you can just use the excuse. It's like, oh, well, I just am not a studier. The Bible's too hard. I don't understand it. Um, that just means you really need to dig in and attempt to study. Um, sure, it's hard work. Sure, you're not going to be perfect at it. You're not going to be, you know, the greatest Bible interpreter, probably. I mean, maybe you will be, but um, even if you're not, you Still, what we're commanded to do is to study it, to try to have a deeper understanding of it. Uh, I do have another objection, but I think we're gonna we're gonna catch that um, next time. But um, any more thoughts or questions or Ben? I mean, kind of what you're talking about. But I'm just realizing you know, growing up how I was blessed to have instructors that taught me the word of God well. So mm-hmm. even now we have that here. And it really is all of the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, just one more reason to give praise to him. But, but with that also is when we're studying the word of God we need to approach it in a prayer. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, 
we are so blind. We didn't try to force our meetings on the fence so many times mm -hmm. because we are following nature. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need his help. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about that in more detail next week we're going to be talking about like the role of the spirit because i know this is this is one of the things that like anytime i've taught on studying scripture before there's usually somebody who's like oh well you've got all these all these rules and principles for interpretations like where's the room for the spirit here and so we're going to be we're going to be you know talking about that um uh fairly extensively next week because that's a that's a really important topic um uh, but it is certainly true. We are dependent on the grace of God as we study the scriptures. And, um, you know, God will give us his grace. Um, I mean, what does James say? It's like, if you lack wisdom, pray. God will give you wisdom. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, it's... And, some some people were had the privilege of being raised in a situation where they were just exposed to good teaching. Um, other people, not so. Um, and it's just it's just so vital that we study the scripture for ourselves to really understand what is true and what is not. Um, so anyway, hopefully this morning you've been given lots of good reasons why. Studying the scripture is something that's important for us to do, something that we all should do. Um, and uh, and I hope that that everybody will benefit from the from the material we're going to cover over the next several weeks, um, and that, um, that God will be gracious to us and just give us a, a deeper understanding of His Word. So uh, let's let's close up there. Heavenly Father, God, again we we thank you for your precious Word and. God, I know that I myself just, I, I don't treasure your word as I should. I don't meditate on it as I should. God, I just I just pray that all of us would just have a, a deep hunger for your word, that we would just see it as our as our food, as, as what we absolutely have to have, and that we would just delight to dig into it, to try to see uh, deeper than we have seen before, that we would not be content with a just a surface level knowledge of what is there, but that we would truly try to, to mine out the great treasures that you have provided for your church. And um, God, just that you would work in us to uh, just to to accomplish the 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 righteousness that you would have us to, to do, that you would work in us to be conformed to the image of Christ, that we would walk in a manner worthy of the calling of the gospel, uh, and that you would guard us from error, that you would, uh, just by your spirit, cause your church to be uh, what you have called her to be. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.